0: Welcome everyone. It is the Fly Guys Podcast. Justin Goodart alongside Cameron Klein here in the uh, FGP Studios. Cameron Klein sitting safely in his home abode of uh, Bucks County, Pennsylvania. I am back in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. No more, uh, no more in-person stuff. Unfortunately, at least for the time being. But I mean, that doesn't mean we can't still bring you top top-notch quality content here at the Fly Guys podcast. And we begin this episode by one saying that we've upgraded the software that the yes. that the way of doing things is changing after, you know, 3000 years of doing it one way, we are finally, you know, progressing
1: with the with the world, Cameron. Dude, the, the more I'm thinking about it, like we were just living like cavemen. Like what were oh, we yeah. doing? What were we doing for so long? And it, it's my own fault cuz I've been saying I want to do this, but I got to say, dude, I got to say
0: it looks pretty good. <laughs> it looks pretty good. It looks pretty, 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 good.
1: Can you hear that? You can hear this, right?
0: Actually, I can't.
1: Oh, oh boy! You can't hear. You couldn't hear the intro music.
0: I could hear it vaguely. I could hear it very, very softly. Okay, here. How have, have this? So listen, there's bugs obviously to work out, man. There's still bugs to work out. Okay, and that's. Right. I think what we should do, and I'm going to say this on the recording, obviously, we're uh, <laughs> all to hear. What we should do is at some point we should just get into this, like when we're not planning to do a show, and just play around with it, see what we can figure out. I just think that would. Yes. The more information, the better, man. I am wearing my uh, my golf polo. Yeah. Um, you know, I try to be a polished uh, podcaster. I try to be a polished host for this show. Um, some nice. sometimes you can't nice. always be, you know, yelly yelly. But God, the flyers make it hard. Sometimes they really, really make it hard to not want to just jump down their throats. Yeah. Um, but they're making it hard in all the, you know, they're making it hard in a different way. Um, normally, when I say they're making it hard, as in like you know, I, I'm like I'm ready. <laughs> they're making it hard in the fact that I'm just like I'm trying so hard to care about you, but you're just such a disappointment. It just isn't worth my time.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's the thing, dude. That's like the sad part yeah. about this whole thing is like you, you, you know, I we, we I, there's so much blame to go around, too much, right? and it's easy to like blame the boogeyman that is Comcast that we don't actually know. It's not like a solid <laughs> entity that we can really blame, like any one person. But it's like you took a franchise whose fan base was very impassioned, right, for half a century and made them not care about the entire sport of hockey it's, anymore.
0: It's pretty it's pretty it's sad. sad. It is pretty sad.
1: It's really depressing. Um,
0: I can tell you this right now. As someone who has grown up, with just the memories the the endless memories that this team has given me the endless uh fun yeah. that gave that it gave to me in the mid to late 2000s i mean just thinking about all the joffrey lupul's game 7 goal again we could go on and on yeah. it is so brutally difficult to watch this team that it's it's almost like they should be paying me. I shouldn't have to pay to go to the games. They should be paying <laughs> me to come to the games. And it really does start up top, as does with every dysfunctional organization. <laughs> it always starts at the top and then trickles down to the bottom. Yeah. We start at the top. We look at Comcast, yeah. the soulless entity. Um, it's 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 bad. It's just very, very bad. And I will say this. I'm going to be a bit of an optimist for just a second. Um and I throw this out there with no proof, with no evidence to suggest it's going to happen anytime soon,
1: Yeah, this, That's this good. That's isn't what we do on podcasts. going to That's last they're forever. For.
0: They're not going to be a bad team forever. They won't be. It's just—it just It just isn't how sports work. Yeah. Every team has their day uh, or their year or, or whatever. And I do know that the Flyers will be good again someday, but they're not going to be good again under this current regime and the way that this era of Flyers hockey is going on. And it does kind of fall on, um, uh, Chuck Fletcher and ownership. Yes, you know, it's it's just bad. It's it's really really hard. Yeah, it's really hard.
1: Yes, yeah, spe- I mean speaking of which, dude, like uh, I saw, I think it was Crossing Broad put it on their website at one point, but um, it's some random account, so I have no idea how legitimate it is. I have no idea what kind of show up is going to happen, but there's. Uh, some organization is trying to group together a protest at, uh, at Xfinity Live on Saturday um, to protest Com- Comcast and the ownership group of the Flyers. Um, and I'm just going to let you know, uh, your boy's going to be there, okay? Your boy <laughs> and Anthony Bruno are going to be there rocking Fly Guys podcast stuff, um, just to support and show that, you know, enough is enough. We're not, we're not happy with it. We're not going to buy tickets to the games. We're not going to go there. Uh, we're not going to... Buy Flyers clothes. We're going to rock our own because this is ridiculous. We can't keep throwing money to an entity that doesn't really seem to give a shit anymore. Um, But that being said, it is funny that you have that mindset because I have basically the same exact one. Ever since the trade deadline, I've been watching hockey more. I've been paying way more attention to the Flyers. um, And I'm not really sure why. Maybe it's just because I just have this weird sense of responsibility to kind of care about this like wounded child that we have and just think like, listen, okay, I'm, I'm ashamed and upset with their actions and activities, but I, I can't just sit here and wallow in that sadness. We got to try to find some type of positive light. So throughout the rest of the season, I'm going to be watching games just to kind of see and evaluate what we do have going on. And the game against Tampa there, it was a bad game, a lot of penalties, but 5-on-5, five five, they were playing pretty, pretty well, I'll be honest with you. And there was some players who I was proud of. Morgan Frost, for one, he had a very good game. Very good game. And it's something that I like to see. And it's I'm just trying to focus on the positives of the situation that we have now. Well, so it it is what um, it is, but it's interesting you well, have that mindset. The only mindset. reason
0: I have this mindset is because, it's it, for one, for one... <laughs> It just, it's just like, it's the way that sports works, you know, not as much as I think that more than anything, people love to just clown on organizations or when teams are down. And that's great and all like, like I haven't done the same thing with teams like the New York Giants or, or whatever. It's not like you didn't do it a little bit, you know, watching the Patriots kind of fall by the wayside a little bit. You enjoy Mm -hmm. it when your rivals fall apart. Um, and I'm, I'm, we yeah. current. We've been making some jokes right now, but what's going on in Pittsburgh? Because despite the fact they still have a better team than the Flyers, the the, the era of dominant Penguins hockey is clearly not there right now. And there's one man that you no. can thank in big part to for that being the case. Teams are going to go through ebbs and flows as a franchise. The Flyers had been blessed over the last uh, half century, essentially, of being a team that was almost always a cup, perennial cup contender. Do You know how. Like, that's not normal. That's not normal. Yes, always relevant. Like, even the Los Angeles Lakers have gone through some bad stretches. Like, I know that there's there's expectations. The Detroit Red Wings made the playoffs for 25 straight years. You look at the Red Wings, like, era before that stretch and then after that stretch, it's not very good. But we have this idea in our head that the Detroit Red Wings are a legacy hockey team because of that uh, 25-year stretch. Um, Lose a couple players that are important to that run, take a look at what happens. So that's yeah. why I'm not like it's over, it's over. But you know, as far as like you know, David Scott and Chuck Fletcher go, you know, they're not they're not going to be around. I think to see this the, the Flyers turn things around, at least not Chuck Fletcher. Maybe David Scott, but certainly not Chuck Fletcher. Um, and yeah,
1: I I don't think I mean I mean I don't think you can you can have the turnaround if Chuck I Fletcher is around. To be honest with you, and. I'm not going to jump on him specifically for the JVR thing because upon some hindsight, I'll be honest, looking back, it's just like, okay, listen, I do kind of get what he's saying where he's like, you can't just take anything, right? You can't just – because sometimes you can find yourself being put into a bigger hole. And if you look back on Chuck Fletcher's track record of trade deadline acquisitions, at best, he made the team no better, basically even, mediocre. So – his Given that track record, I just kind of think, listen, would I would have loved to have moved on from JVR, not because of JVR, but just because we need draft capital? Yes, absolutely. But don't take a bad deal just because you need to take a deal, yeah. necessarily. However, it's not just that. It's the, the overall culmination of his time here, and it's just coming to a head with that trade. Where it's like, we could be angry at the JVR trade, but we're not really angry at the JVR non-trade. We're angry at the Rasmus Ristelainen trade. We're angry at the Sandheim signing as of right now. We're angry at the D'Angelo signing. We're angry at the Eric Nick Delorier signing. We're we're angry at the not getting Johnny Gaudreau. It's all of these things lined up that just have culminated to where this one thing doesn't happen, and it's just a big, massive, fuck you, to the fans, it seems like. I'm
0: going to throw a life preserver Uh, to Fletcher on one of those deals. No one could have foreseen Travis Sandheim being this bad.
1: True. That's true. He did fall I mean, off an absolute cliff. That's regression, absolutely
0: true. Okay. A lot of players are regressing on this team. That's totally fine. This
1: this is pretty this is,
0: drastic. This is pretty yeah. over the top.
1: And I guess you kinda have to say it's because of and I'm not going to blame John Tortorella, but it's like it's one of those things we said before the season, right? Some guys are going to respond to him. Yep, some guys aren't. And evidently Sanheim is not. And it's like, listen, I'm not saying you gotta love John Tortorella, but if you're getting paid <laughs> as much as you're getting paid, you gotta try to you got to try to increase your play somehow. You can't just now, call it quits. And I'm not saying he is, but it, his play kind of makes it seem like that. I mean, you like, see you know? it
0: early in a lot of guys when it comes to Tortorella. But that's the thing. is, like the one thing Tortorella knows. The one thing Tortorella knows is that the team that he's playing with right now is not going to be really close to the team that it looks like next year. This is a key season upcoming for the Philadelphia Flyers. There's a yeah. lot of key things that are coming up. But they're going to have to shed some guys like off this team that are going to, you know, they just can't be here, and you mentioned the sign like that. Rasmus Ristolainen signing will forever go down, I think, as ten times worse than anything we ever gave to Andrew McDonald. That is just such a boneheaded, everyone <laughs> knew it would be a bad decision. Don't do it, decision. Nick Delorier, whatever, fine. I don't really care. It was like what a two-year deal. You'll be that'll be off the books in however many time. Um, That's Tony true. DeL- That's true.
1: But yeah, still, course, it was just it was. too much money, and you already had a guy like. Mc Tony D'Angelo, and, and, and two –
0: Again, like, the Carolina Hurricanes did such an amazing job to mask the issues that that guy has as a defenseman because he is not a number one defender. He just simply is not. He's, he's very, yeah. very, very, very bad in transition D, and more than anything, the guy – skate. he's not a great skater. I don't find him to be that good of a skater. Um, kind of a problem if you're going to be a defenseman. I don't know, just my thoughts.
1: Well, again, he's, he's an offensive D-man, and that's that's great. But it, it doesn't lend well to, to what I think our team is right now. And, that, and again, we, we go back to what we talked about when he first came here. I mean, the guy's been practically kicked off of two teams, despite playing well. And it's just like I, I, I just – it doesn't – I don't know. Well, no, don't worry. He, he, John's, he's got a best buddy now. Johnny T. seems to like him. Uh, John Johnny T. seems to like him. So I don't – you know, he likes his fire, and I get his fire. But sometimes the fire can get you in trouble. And that's what happened two nights ago. I listen. And I gotta I gotta give a shout out to to I want to say it was Broad Street hockey uh writer Kelly Hinkle. I have a, f- a screenshot of it here. i me make sure they get the name right. Yeah, Kelly Hinkle, because I'm just I'm just scrolling by reading articles, right? And it says Thursday morning flyby. Tony Two Times. And I or Tony Two Games is what she called him. And I was like, that's beautiful. Games. That's a beautiful I love that. Tony Two Games. Because I mean what a boneheaded move, It's just move, so dumb. And what did you prove? Because all that happened was they scored in the power play. Again.
0: For spearing. Like, what are you doing?
1: And he's like, well, he never wants to fight. You know, I just wanted to let him know that he needs to keep his mouth shut. Corey Perry played you like a also, fiddle, that guy. Corey Perry's he played you like Perry's
0: whole a fiddle. persona, his whole persona is just being that. That's what i He's a pest. Yes.
1: you got to learn to deal with it. He doesn't like to fight. He doesn't have if to fight. S- right. That's his whole game. It's to piss you off and then not fight you, which pisses you off more. And then you go and you spear him, and now you're not going to play for two games. So Corey Perry won. He won. It's, it's it's Brad Marchand. It's
0: just another Brad Marchand type player. It is. Yes. I, yes. I, I just – it's just – it's the pure stupidity, dude. It is the pure stupidity. And then they trade for Brendan Lemieux. And I'm not – again, I'm not here to get on people so
1: – He scored a goal. He did score a goal.
0: Yeah, he scored a goal. Technically, I know he scored a goal. Uh, they, they traded Zach McEwen to the Kings for Brendan Lemieux and a 2024 fifth-round pick. Kind of nice. I like the fact they got a fifth-round pick out of it. I'm cool with
1: it. That's that's what they were going for because Lemieux's contract is over after the summer yeah. anyway. So, to me, I think it was more of a thing like, hey, we'll take him off your hands um, if you need him off your they, hands. They get rid of
0: thing. Patrick Brown. He goes to the Senators for a sixth-round pick. Cool with it. You know, six-round six picks. Yeah, whatever. Um, Isaac right. Radcliffe for future considerations. I'm just so curious what future considerations are because you see that term all the time and I've always <laughs> wondered like what are future considerations like
1: it's again it's just like I just you know get to it when you get to it pay me what you like, can can
0: it be a first round draft it's pick ridiculous. can I have a first round draft pick for future consideration no no, no it will be like no. a 30th round draft pick or like $5,000 in cap relief that's what it'll be
1: <laughs> so that's <laughs> yeah pretty much now, dude i mean you, we get back to the jbr
0: thing There was no actual offer on the table. According to Chuck Fletcher, there was no offer on the table until about 1.40 on the day of the trade deadline, um, which was March 3rd, which I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's just Fletcher saying that. I am reading this off of Philly Sports Network. Our our good friend of the show, Eric Reese, wrote this up. Uh, The title of the article is Flyers Must Fire Up the Fletcher Hot Seat, which couldn't be more accurate. Um, Yeah. Now, here is the actual quote from Chuck Fletcher. I didn't have any offers at all until about 1.40 p.m. I got a call from a team, and they had a concept that if they were able to move a forward off their team, then they had interest in acquiring JVR. We talked about the parameters and what the deal would look like. It made sense from that standpoint, but all along, it was conditional on the other trade going through. Now, obviously, the team that he's referring to we now know are the Detroit Red Wings, who... Apparently, we're going to get a deal done for JVR, and then last minute, you know, deal kind of falls through. Um, He's basically saying, yeah, because this other deal didn't happen, that's why we couldn't move JVR. Not really the case, in my opinion. I think that's a bit damage control. I think it's a bit of a simplistic view. You ask for a second and third round pick for JVR, a guy who is not really worth two higher draft picks at this point in his career, most likely, to a team especially that might be a fringe playoff team, but ultimately won't go anywhere in the playoffs, so there's no... It's not like this is a cup contender trade. It's not like the Chicago Blackhawks trading, trading for Kimo Tiemannan in, in 2015. We're not looking at something like that. So... No. I think that... um. I think they just needed to move the guy, and they didn't, and I have been on the... I've been wrong for about, you know, just trying to rush a guy out of Philadelphia. I was big on just trade Ben Simmons for a bag of peanuts, not thinking that we could get anything more from him, and we ended up getting...
1: Yeah, but you were you were still right about that, though. I mean, he yeah, but Daryl
0: Daryl Morey was correct in the idea of like let's let's see if we can get a superstar, and they did. They got James Harden, and Ben Simmons' career is like effectively over in Brooklyn now. Um,
1: yeah, well, dude, I think I, I'm glad actually. That's a great point to bring up because I was going to say I think him not being able to move JVR isn't isn't a problem with JVR. To me, it's a problem that I don't think other managers necessarily respect Chuck it could Fletcher. Be that. So it's like they're getting this thing where it's just like, dude, I know I can get a better deal than this from you because you traded Robert Hack a first and a third for Rasmus line. The deals that he's done so far have, have not made himself look made good. So it's one good trade? No. I'm trying to think. Like, Look at Claude Giroux. Claude Giroux was a point-per-game player. <laughs> Still. The, and he got, a, what, a fourth for so him? bad. I mean... To a team that was was bound for possibly going to the, the Stanley best Cup? trade
0: he made is the Ryan Ellis trade, and Ryan Ellis played five games.
1: Well, yeah, I can't blame him for that. Well, but, like, but that's like, again, the point. I know can't,
0: like, what Derek Grant, yeah, and and freaking Nate Thompson. Those are our best trades we've had because it came during a successful season because those guys played in the playoffs, a uh, 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 Mickey Mouse playoffs, mind you.
1: I mean that Derek, that Derek Grant kick pass was pretty nasty, yeah, though. I mean... You know, that you was pretty cool. That was pretty nice. But no, I agree with you. I agree with you. And don't be wrong. I know Claude Giroux kind of handcuffed him a little bit with what teams he wanted to go to and so forth, but you didn't have to make that publicly known, Chuck. You didn't... <laughs> you could have just kept that under... A good GM would just be like, all right, we'll just keep that did, between why us. Why did but everyone fold around Florida. you? I only said
0: I had a flush.
1: Well, like, yeah. Sh- showing your
0: hand, man. Stop showing your hand. Ugh.
1: And I think that's I think that goes more into, and that's why I think when you talk about Daryl Morey, everyone know knew Ben Simmons wanted out. But Daryl Morey was like, I'm not going to get rid of him for just nothing. He didn't. And he was able to get James and Harden. And he
0: waited, and he waited, and he waited until the right situation broke, which was James Harden simply saying, F this place in Brooklyn, I won out. Yes. And then they were able to consummate a deal. It's a different
1: situation. And granted, he had to get rid of, you know, Seth Curry, a couple Andre other Drummond. guys. So yeah, and yeah so I forth. it's also to listen, Kevin... But still, but look at it now. Look at it now. Look how better off the Sixers compared are now compared to where the, Nets are, than with the Brooklyn ben Simmons, Nets are. Yeah, it's not even. Which they're literally selling house. Kevin Durant gone. Kyrie Irving gone. It's it, yeah, it's
0: bad. It's bad for that team. And you know what? The Flyers <sighs> are a team. I just keep thinking to myself like, what? Like, what would Ed Snyder have done? And I know that's such a that's such oh a God. cheap way of looking at things because I I know that it's not like it, Ed it, made all these great moves. Ed was not making good moves at the end of his life either. You know. Uh, letting Yarmir Yager walk anyone, you know, and I know that it, it couldn't have been, like, the injury kind of messed things up, but, like, Vinny Lecavillet was no replacement for what Yarmir Yager meant to the Flyers.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but still, I and I, I feel the same way where I'm like, I don't want to think that way, but also think to myself, I'm like, what is, this, what is happening with this team? He would be rolling in his grave, man. He is. I he mean, is. it's it's just a shame. It's
0: just, it's the Flyers are, they used to be a team where you just felt like, you know they were always going to be one of those teams that are in it, and they're going to make competitive moves, and they're going to bring in truly great players, and that's pretty much what their entire yeah. history has been, even up until the last couple of years. Like they still had great players, Claude Giroux. They've had, um, they 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 had a uh, uh, Jake Vorchek who was a great flyer. You know,
1: dude, I keep going back to that that clip of him saying, "You don't have guys like Giroux and Vorchek to not win games." And and we thought that was bad. <laughs> we thought things were bad then. Christ, man. And so man.
0: now we're in a situation where you look at what this team in the future is going to be. And this is where the optimism has to grow a little bit. This team's going to bottom out at some point the later this month. They're going to they're gonna have a chance at the lottery. They've probably won too many games where they won't get the lottery, which is going to stink. It's going to suck. But yeah. this is a critical critical offseason last offseason it was we're not in a position to go after a Johnny Gaudreau we are not in that position we cannot be taking those steps okay well hopefully we've taken some steps and that we can begin to build a foundation and go get a couple solid players and then maybe in another offseason be star hunting I hate to use that Brett Brown quote Um, because what you can't do is be static if Chuck Fletcher is the The only way that they're static, the only way that this offseason is going to be like tearing whatever is left of my hair out of my own head, it's going to be if Chuck Fletcher is still the general manager. And there is just no possible way. If Comcast retains Chuck Fletcher, that is the moment I will be able to safely say they don't care about winning. They're okay with how things are going. And as long as they're making money, winning a cup will never be a priority for the Philadelphia Flyers ever again if they fire him and replace him with i don't know anyone else Danny Briere don't care it just it can't be that guy it is time to move on i think everyone knows it's time to move on it's just a matter of when i'd be i'd be cool with it now although it's pretty much useless there's no point in not letting him finish yeah. the season
1: yeah yeah exactly you're not, it's, it's not you're not going to gain anything uh,
0: it, it's a mess dude it, it, like this is just it went you, But this is the thing, like, we kind of knew this was going to eventually happen. You know, they were circling mediocrity after 2014, 2015, or 2014, 2015, they missed the playoffs, then they lose to the Capitals in the first round, then they missed the playoffs again, lose to the Penguins in the first round. You just knew that, like, at some point, either they're going to bust completely or they're going to boom and, you know, we're going to hit our stride. And the bust was far more likely than the boom, I feel that we can we can say.
1: Yeah, I think we've been spoiled, like you said, about their overall. I mean, we we both said about their overall history, because usually when these periods happened in the yeah. past half century, they usually they usually boom, they usually come back. Two thousand seven, absolutely terrible, right? Four years, three years later, they're in the Stanley Cup.
0: It's it is a testament to Paul Holmgren put us in uh, what they call cap hell, but Paul Holmgren was willing to spend money, and Ed Snyder was willing to spend money. You you cannot win a Stanley Cup on a bare bones operation. It just does not exist. Now, I will also. St-
1: well, the thing is, dude, is is we, it's not like we're they're not spending money. Well, they're, they're almost at well, the cap. Well, that's true. Hit. They're
0: they're they're allocating resources it, in 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 the wrong players in, in the worst yeah. ways imaginable. But I will also say this, for anyone thinking otherwise, the Columbus Blue Jackets are the worst team in the in in the Eastern Conference, and that is the team that took our beloved man from us in. Um, in in Johnny Gaudreau, yeah, and Johnny Gaudreau for the record, fifty five points in sixty two games, a minus twenty five. Um, I do agree with John Tortorella with when he said he goes, it's just not the right time. It was not the right time to go sign a Johnny Gaudreau. But I do think there is something to be said about signing a star as a foundational piece because if you sign a star, do you know what the first thing that that happens when you sign a star. You become a more desirable location.
1: I was just going to say, other stars come.
0: Uh, maybe the I, I'll be interested to see who's a better team in four years' time. The Flyers or the Blue Jackets. That'll be a really interesting thing to kind of look at. Um, one team went star hunting. The other team <sighs> didn't. Both teams more or less have the same kind of talent. If you take away that one star away, who's the better builder, though? Who's the better builder?
1: Yeah, I mean... As of right now, they're they're kind of winning the race of the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. Um, and granted, it's a lottery, so we have no idea. But I mean, you get that guy uh, pairing him with Johnny Gaudreau. I mean, you know, I
0: I'm just saying this. Scary! scary. I don't believe the draft rot- lottery is rigged for either the NBA or the NHL. Man, do I wish it was because I think I could. I think I can make a pretty good argument that the Flyers are a more important organization to see good in the NHL for ratings reasons than the Columbus Blue Jackets.
1: Give the team the super. I, I hear you. I hear you. I do because again, I mean, as much as the NHL doesn't like to admit it, the Flyers are. They're they're, they're a, a legacy. Lot of, they're a big they're market. A, a, they there are will be legacy. a legacy.
0: Huge market for hockey. It's not Toronto. They're your
1: bad boy. The WWE, why do they have heels? Because they make them money. They bring people back. And that's what the Flyers have always done. They've always been the bad boys that you almost don't want to root for. But secretly, deep down inside, you get a little excited every time you <laughs> see them. Just
0: imagine one day, we're, we're sitting down for Saturday afternoon hockey. It's 1.30, and the second-place Philadelphia Flyers in the Eastern Conference are going up against the first-place Boston Bruins. You don't think ESPN and the NHL want that? Like, right. What are we talking right. about? Absolutely. What are we talking about? Absolutely. Of course, they want that. Yeah. But the Flyers have to join the rest of the league in how they look at how they view analytics and how they view players. Good analytical teams, you know what they don't do? They don't hand out five, five year contracts to Rasmus Kristalinen. They don't bring on Tony Delangelo. <laughs> they don't do these things. They don't give $8 million I, I, to, you know, Nick Delorier. They don't do this.
1: I do got to say, I, I do got to We've been shitting on Russell Line a lot. He he has improved a lot this year. I'll give him. So I got to give him credit for that. I do want to just want to publicly come out, just say, you know, I got. He's improved a lot. I'm not going to come out and say I like the guy necessarily, or I like the contract. You know, I'm just, I'm just saying, he's been playing pretty pretty well for what he has been. Maybe not worth this contract, Maybe. but I got to give him credit. But. But I also have to publicly come out here and say something else because this guy's playing against the Flyers tonight. Um, somebody who I have to publicly apologize for because he's got his game back. And I got to go, once again, Eric Reese was right. Shane Bear. he's playing how he was. To. We don't have to do it. <laughs> we do. We do have to do this. Because we're men of integrity, Justin. We are men of integrity. Oh, God. And I just, we, I, I got to... I gotta say, I was wrong. We were wrong. We were so angry at these little minor mistakes. And I think it's when you're you're in that dark, dark space. When you really realize what you should have appreciated. And yes, he was not a great defensive defenseman. He made a lot of mistakes, but he was what he was. And he's fine. He's, Would I rather have him than the Bristo right well, now? Yeah, it's not even a question. Yeah. Yes.
0: I mean So Gosper. Uh, spared- you know, as a player like just this season, twelve goals, twenty-three assists, thirty-five points. He's been a minus seven. I mean, granted, he was with a bad team for a while. Now he's on a great team. How? What do you think that does for a player? You know, you are were on a awful team, going nowhere franchise, and now you're on a cup contender.
1: I mean, dude, he earned it though. Oh, of course like he his earned season it. last year and this year with Arizona, he's been playing incredibly well. So he's earned it. And I, I mean, dude, it's got to be.
0: Ill- it's got to be, be like one of the most uh, elating, elating feelings you'll dude. feel out there. It's, just,
1: <laughs> yes, dude. it's you're just busting ass every night, and you're constantly losing games. And finally, you're just like, "Oh my god, I'm here! I could just get it to Sebastian, and everything will be fine." <laughs> it's just, it's, it's, it's nuts. yeah.
0: Um,
1: he's gonna score a goal tonight. He's probably he's, he's gonna I kinda score. I kind of want
0: to see him get a hat trick. I, <laughs> I kind of like, I kind of do one because I want Eric Reese to dunk on me so hard on like Twitter just be like hey Justin remember when you said he was such a nothing and I'm just like yeah no I was I was wrong <laughs> I was so wrong I've
1: we got it you got to eat your words I can eat we him. have like, to I, we're I'm not, not so like you are you you do you I you just, do it, that you you stand at the forefront and that's what I, I love I mean, about you is that you you stand by your statements and you go if you have to crucify me crucify me it is what it oh, is oh
0: god for better or for worse in a lot of occasions but in this case definitely for the worse. <laughs> I was I was very wrong um, It wasn't even just the simple mistakes. It was just that I felt that for the team to progress and become what I thought they could become, letting go of these players that we kind of tricked ourselves into believing in needed to go. What I came to find out is that I just tricked myself into believing a Flyers organization more so than anything else. And that is the true crime. That is what I should be crucified for. And so for Shane Gossespierre, yeah. I am so happy to see him with a winning team I am so happy to see him with a, chan- a legitimate chance at winning a cup. Carolina, when that team's good, that is a great hockey city. That that fan base will yeah. wrap themselves around the hockey team. We saw it in 2006 when Rod Brendamore was a player and Mark Recchi was there and Cam Ward and, and Eric Stahl were there and they defeated the Edmonton Oilers. That is a great hockey city. And I can tell you this, Carolina, whatever you think you may know about Shane Gossespierre, um, he will continue to make a little bit of mistakes here and there, but man, when he when he's on it, when he's on a heater, he he can juke you right out of your skates. He is a talented skater, and he's got a wicked, wicked slap shot. He's,
1: oh my god, it's one of the it best. It is really one of, one of the best. I think man. one of my
0: favorite things I ever it's, saw. It's nasty. The one thing that Dave Haxtall did that I loved: they would be in the four-on-three overtimes when they get the power play, they'd move Gosper right to the slot. Drew would just hit him, boom, game's over. Bang. He did it like three yeah. times yeah. that year. It was just incredible. It was incredible. It 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 uh, it makes me it, it makes me miss, miss the 2015-2016 Flyers, a team that didn't even make it out of the first round.
1: Uh, yeah, as sad as, as that is.
0: sad as that is.
1: Like seriously. Like again, we we thought that was bad.
0: We thought that was pathetic. Oh, if only we knew. If only we knew. I um, I know. Other things that are go- – to break away real quick from hockey, um, baseball, you know, about to come back. World Baseball Classics underway. Uh, you, I, I am very, very excited to, you know for not just warm weather, but just, you know, Phillies baseball, sitting down yes. at the TV at 7 o'clock at night, watching them play some baseball. <laughs> I'm excited. Uh, I returned to the booth this weekend for Penn State Harrisburg. Uh, they, um, they're actually off to a good start. I was actually just checking their score right now. They have gotten into some dogfights and to some high-scoring affairs. You know, through six games, they scored 92 runs.
1: Holy <laughs> shit.
0: Holy 92 shit. runs in six games. Right now, they're only adding to that total. They're up 14-11 to over a Virginia Wesleyan. That game is in the ninth inning. So they're at, I think now, the number is going to be even crazier. Jesus. They want, I think it was 4-3. Four, four, there's eight right there, so that's 100. They've scored 114 runs runs in less than 10 games they're averaging over 14 runs per game right now as a team um that's great for two reasons one it gives me a lot of chances to call some nice moments for them but there is an adverse effect those games on S- sunday dude we had a double header they, we started them at 11 we started the double header at 11 because we have no night f- night feel or night lights so if once sunset hits game's got to be over <laughs> the game game two had to be suspended because it went too long. Oh, that's so, so
1: funny. That's so that's so D two school. Winter. It's D three. It's, it's not
0: even D two.
1: That's oh my god. Yeah, um, that's such D three fucking sports. And so Tom,
0: right t- um, my boss, looked at me. He's like, "Man, I hope you're excited for these seven and a half hour days we're gonna have this year <laughs> because this team <laughs> they just scored another run. This team is gonna be scoring a lot, and these uh, games are gonna be going along. But I'm just so excited for baseball all around. Like after the way that it ended last year." How can you not be excited if you're a Philadelphia fan? And, uh, you know, it is kind of one thing to kind of look at to distract yourself from bad Flyers hockey. And if you're a basketball fan, hey, the Sixers, you know, they're 43-22 and 22, this right now. They're just a few games out of first place in the Eastern Conference. and Embiid's putting up another MVP-type season. He won't win MVP. We've we already we've already come to accept that he will never win an MVP while Jokic is in the – is Jochik. I don't even know how you actually say his name, but who cares? The fat Serbian. He'll he'll always he'll always win MVP, um, but yeah I I just you know it's in post football season especially after your team loses the Super Bowl and after you just watch your team lose the World Series I've kind of been in like in this blur of like I don't know like what I should be focusing on if anything at all yeah Phillies I'm like yeah, let's do it let's go to let's win another let's go to the World let's score a thousand runs and go to the World Series again that was fun.
1: Yeah, dude. I mean, like, it's funny because you talking about just it getting started. Uh, Last year, first game. I mean, it was first home game, but I think it was first game. Kyle Schwarber off the bat, right? I remember I went to Iron Hill Brewery, which is right close to me. And you get these little growlers. You know, it's about like five beers worth inside of them. I'm going to fill it up because I'm thinking it's Phillies baseball. I'm going up to the loft, opening the windows. It was a beautiful day having a beer and just watching the Phillies. And I'm as I'm in there getting it filled up, Schwarber hits that leadoff home run. And I remember getting out of my car, and as I'm getting in my car, I have it on the radio, and I'm turning it off and I'm going, Schwarber's coming up the bat. And I'm just like, oh shit, here we go. I walk into the restaurant and I hear the crack. And I see four or five guys at the bar stand up. Holy shit! And I just thought, there's no way that just happened. And it just it, it just started off an awesome year. Uh, it started off an ama- like just an amazing summer. It was it was the best way to to start it all off. i cold beer, great game. Like it was just, I mean, yeah, You know, just uh, just, just going to the too.
0: Angels game with you. You know, the the ten nothing game, the first the first oh, Rob Thompson god, game. I'm happy to say I went to that game. Oh my god! I mean, again, same situation. First first pitch, first pitch to Schwarber, he just laces over the center field fence. Har- he hits another bomb that game. Harper hits a bomb. Stott hits a bomb.
1: I. I will get him to sign. ball. I think that you ball.
0: should. I think we got to go will. to a game. We got to get you to sign up Get him to sign a ball. Like, dude, you and I. I was looking at when I was telling you that I wanted to go to that May six game against the Red Sox. I was looking at like, yeah, the terrace deck. They're still only like twenty six dollars for a ticket. Which is which is insane. perfect. I mean, go down to the yeah. field level. I don't know. See if you can get him to sign a ball, and then go all the way upstairs to the nosebleeds. Sit back, you know, eat some food, and just enjoy a baseball game.
1: I. And it's it's a it's a beautiful. Stadium it is a beautiful too.
0: ball field. If you have it really
1: you, is. You can see the skiddy skyline. It's just fantastic, especially when like it's like a night game and you see the sun going down. Oh
0: I think God. that that has become like my favorite summer thing to do is to just like randomly decide on a summer day, like you know what, I'm gonna go to the Phillies game, and I just go by myself. I park, you know, I pay for the parking and everything. It's a it's insane the parking you pay, but go in and then I just I watch the game by myself I don't talk to anyone I you know I have my cheese steak, I have my my coke with me and then they they won a lot of the games last year They actually only went only went to one yeah. losing game last year <laughs> and other than that it was just like yeah they're gonna win this one they're gonna win this one they're I, I and it's not like I'm choosing them to play good teams when I go I'm like all right this is a bad yeah. team they're playing I want to go because I want to watch them win
1: <laughs> yeah and I was I for me like I, with sports is always like I get to a point where it's like, all right, I want to see certain people, which is why we went to that Angels game because it was like Oh, Mike yeah, Th-
0: that was a good reason to Show go.
1: Show hey yeah. yeah. And I do the same kind of – I want to start doing the same with the Flyers as well. But, like, I guess I'll have to wait till maybe next year or another time. But I, I really – I need to see Conor McDavid in person. I need to. I do, too. To.
0: It's – we were talking about it on I mean, uh, like, the last episode. I mean, he – He's ridiculous. He re- it's ridiculous. He really is just, I think, I think he's the best player just, like, I've ever seen in my life. I, it's just so weird to say that because I, I, I grew up accepting that I'm going to have to forever accept the fact that this guy in Sidney Crosby is the best player I've ever watched. We did, our last show we did was, what? Well, it was last Thursday, right? March 2nd. Yes. Since yes. that game, he has <laughs> six points. He has six points in three games, and that's that's low. I think three assists the day after is, our show, another assist against Winnipeg, and then um, two goals against Buffalo. So he has two goals and four assists in his last three games since our last episode, and that's that's like that's like is he in a slump? What's going on? <laughs> six points in three games, right? Two points per game essentially. He's a two that's a two point per game player stretch, and we're like, that's what's wrong with him? Does he suck? Bust?
1: Trade him? It's just, it's not, it, it's fair, it, man.
0: I just wonder what was it like when he was playing pee wee hockey, like being taken to all those tournaments in Canada. Like, was it so unfair then too? Like, what was he doing to kids his age on the ice? Like when he was eleven, twelve, thirteen years old? I, I, I need, I need an E sixty documentary coming out in ten years about <laughs> what Connor McDavid was doing in pee wee tournaments, um, because that guy. When it's all written, he's gonna be the greatest to have ever done it. I, I, I love Connor McDavid. The most skilled hockey player I've ever watched in my life.
1: I mean, dude, eight hundred and twenty-one points in five hundred and fifty two total games so far. It's in his like, career. Just F you. Twenty six. He's like, like, twenty six. He's, 26 he's years just old.
0: saying F you to the entire NHL. Like, I'm what I'm better than all of you. <laughs> There's nothing you can do about it, and you just have to live with it.
1: It's just he's already got more points this year than he had last year, <laughs> and he's and he's got seventeen games to go. It's just it's just yeah. Like honestly, like I, I, you always think uh, you know. Growing up, it was always like, well, of all the sports, hockey's the one where it's like Wayne Gretzky. End of sentence. Like you can't. There is no debate. Some people could say more than you if he wasn't hurt, maybe. But Wayne Gretzky. It's just it's he had more assists than any other player had points. This is insane. And who is it but another Edmonton Oiler who, given the pace that he's going, I'm not saying he's gonna match him in points, but he's gonna get he could get very close. He and the fact that he's doing that with the way he's doing it, it's not it's it's unfathomable.
0: Well I'll say this if he doesn't if he doesn't match Gretzky, which I mean, no shame in not matching him in terms of points, um right. I would right. say that his peak would be argued as the greatest peak in NHL history. And it's and think yeah. about it. He's still probably got three to five more years of peak play.
1: Followed oh, dude, he's 26. Followed he's twenty. Followed
0: by another six years of productive play.
1: Dude, I would say he's got he's got four. To, he's got five more years at least. I would say six more years at least of. I mean, dude, look at Claude Giroux. Claude Giroux's thirty-five. He's still a yeah, point per game player. True. So let's say nine more years of peak ridiculous play. And then he's going to have like four more years where his production level is just okay. He's elite now. Instead of being godly, he's elite. Where he's still going to be over a point per game. It's it's just it's gonna it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It it's
0: ridiculous. Um, before we wrap up, uh, I just want to also say that uh, as Cameron and I um, are one very appreciative of how you guys have stuck with us throughout a tough hockey season. I know that you know you don't always come on here to, uh, you know, maybe hear about the Flyers, especially the way they've been playing right now. But, you know, it is it is hard to talk about the team. I underst- Or it's hard to hear about the team. I understand that because, you know, you want so badly for them to be good. But, um, you know, we appreciate you guys, like, just hanging out with us for all this time. And, you know, episode number 129, uh, hopefully we'll f- – from here on out, hopefully, you know, we'll be able to shift back more towards Flyers talk and just kind of getting ready for an off season because it's going to be – look, we ex- accept it. It's going to be a rough season. I mean, it's just – it is what it is. But um, we think – I think that this can be an optimistic offseason. And I, and I really believe in my heart of hearts that this team will come around soon. It just – they just have to. And I really hope that we can look back on this particular episode in about a year's time and be like, man, you didn't have any evidence to suggest it, but good for Justin for calling it.
1: Again, that's kind of why I think I'm watching these games now is to really kind of see it's like, all right, what, what do we have? What what pieces do we have? When Tim has been playing well. He's something, at least. Mm-hmm. Morgan Frost had a good game against Tampa. Uh, they brought up Tyson Forrester for tonight's game, so we're going to be able to see him. Um, Carter Hart has been the best player on the team. They have a solid goaltender, Obviously. so that's that's something. That's something. And, I, you know, I, I, I feel like album. I'm sounding like a, a, a foolish Fires fan who's just trying to be optimistic, and I am. I am, admittedly, but it's just, you know, I'm tired of... I'm always looking at the bad side of things because that's the reality that we're in, and it's just like I gotta, I gotta try to look at what mm-hmm. we can build upon because that's that's all we can do now. We can bitch and bitch and bitch. We've done enough of that, and we all know every Flyers fan is fully aware of the shit show that we're in. So let's try to try to, but at the same time, I'm not gonna blow smoke up your ass and act like, you know, getting Brendan Lemieux – and having another tough guy is going to be great for Flyers hockey. It's, uh, you know, it's <laughs> – and he scored a goal. So, you know, hats, hats off to you. Good for Speaking him. Speaking of Brendan Lemieux, before we go off here, I just want to recommend to anybody, as you actually mentioned, E60 earlier. Uh, recently I watched the E60 documentary. It came out a while ago, but unrivaled about the Colorado Avalanche and the Detroit Red Wings. It's about two hours long. It's unbelievable. It's very, it's very unbelievable. good. It's you so need good. To,
0: that is such a great call. I watched that. Oh, unbelievable it 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 honestly reminded me just how great of a rivalry for a really good stretch of hockey yes that rivalry truly it was it's the Patriots Colts if you're a football fan is yes. what it was it,
1: it 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 defined a generation only
0: hockey so there's fighting and and, and hard and, a lot you know, of fighting. lots of you know yeah a lot of fighting yeah and dude, like Darren McCarty and Claude <laughs> Lemieux and and um, Patrick Waugh and Peter Forsberg and Joe Sackick and Nick from all those guys, Stevie Eiserman, Brendan Shanahan, oh my god. It goes on and on and on the names. Uh especially Darren McCarty. He's he's a yes. crazy
1: person. He's, he's insane, but he was so funny. But dude, like and also like the, I love how they ended it with Chris Draper, and they're like, So do you do you forgive Claude? And he just goes, uh No. And it just <laughs> it just ends there. It just goes there's still there's still this level of animosity between these two guys. Like it's just, oh, dude. How could you not? Yeah, how, how could, could you not? not want to watch
0: that? Uh, yeah. Uh, for the Fly Guys Podcast, my name is Justin Goodhart. This has been Cameron Klein. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Fly Guys Podcast at Goodhart Justin and at Cameron Klein fifteen. Be sure to check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Be sure to share with your friends, family, folks, people who hate the Flyers and <laughs> want to listen to two guys miserable about the team. Maybe they want to get some sick kicks out of it. You sickos. And for those of you who just want to, you know, maybe have a uh, shoulder to cry on and know that, you know, you'll be told everything's going to be okay, as I've done for a lot of the, this episode regarding the Flyers. But just remember one thing here, that when you come to listen to the Flyers podcast, you're getting not just two great hockey minds, but those two great hockey minds are using top-notch quality software to record their own podcast. Yes, so, we are going to go through the with kinks. That.
1: We'll get it done. We'll get it right.
0: <laughs> we will see you next week, everyone. Be happy, be healthy, and as always, let's go Flyers.